So, liberation, liberation from suffering and stress, liberation of citta, the citta release from all grasping. Citta is that which obviously is uh, uh, fettered with grasping. can be liberated from it. Buddha once time said uh, that the Tathagata, that is he himself, is lives with unrestricted citta, unrestricted in ten ways, unrestricted by form, not restricted by feeling, perception, Sankaras, consciousness, not restricted by birth, not restricted by aging and death, not restricted by suffering, not restricted by defilement. The Tathagata dwells with unrestricted citta. So that's um, giving an idea of what it's freed from. Mm. So if we, <laughs> so what is citta? Mm, the sense of, and it's uh, a sense of self, where where I sense myself as being, you know. You know, sometimes I'm looking at things, I sense I'm I'm somewhere in a visual realm. If I close my eyes, I sense I'm in an auditory realm or a tactile realm. Those things change. I go to sleep at night, I'm in a dream realm. These qualities change. Mm. This is just the... uh, perceptions and feelings and impressions in consciousness. Chitta is swamped in these. Unrestricted chitta. There's a sense of knowingness, sense of beingness, very difficult to to give words to this. That means when form arises, there isn't that grabbing at it, resistance to it, identification with it, infatuation with it. Form arises. Doesn't mean there is no form. What is form? When one sees clearly, as we've been practicing, we see form is a is a very variable thing, visual form. We see with our eyes. Close your eyes. Where's it gone? tactile form, uh, you know, body form, you know, they call the elements, earth, air, fire, water, mm. trying to explain those because when you see the variety of these rupas and these forms, you, know, you don't see, no longer see it as a solid thing, as an undying entity or an entity that Last, or even, and also, where am I in that? I can be aware of um, the earth element, the sense of firmness arising, sense of heat, sense of space, water. Yeah, these qualities arising, and they keep changing. Pressure. You know, you lie on your back, and you get that sense of strong pressure. When you sit upright, that disappears. Earth disappears, <laughs> goes somewhere else. Uh, yeah. Heat, vitality element. Sometimes a lot of vitality and heat, sometimes it cools down. Sometimes very limited vitality. Air, constantly moving. Long breath, short breath. Faint breath, strong breath. Gasping, sighing, whispering. Mm. Air, air element, shifting, changing. Which one are you? Which one do you have? Do you have any of them? Since they come and go, do you have any of them? If you don't have any of them, yeah. 
what combination is it? It keeps shifting and changing. So this understanding of this, uh, if we settle into that, we're not inside it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be aware of it moving. Are we outside it? Where, where are we? Awareness of experiences, chitta experiences, these forms passing through. Mm. Uh, we're doing a lot of things with this form realm because that's the easy one. It's very pernicious. We do tend to keep coming back to the sense of I am this physical body, I am inside this physical body. But it's actually the easiest one to to get some detachment from, some perspective on. Because pretty quickly it becomes obvious that your thinking mind and your physical body are two different entities. (laughs) And you're mostly a physical body from you're not even with, you don't know where your kidneys are. You, you get an idea, but you can't feel them. You just have a sense of something firm, or warm, or mobile, flowing. And it's shifting and changing, so who's that? Mm-hmm. And can, it, can you stop it? Can you say, they, they let there be no earth, let there be no firmness, let there be no warmth? No, you have no say over it. Yeah, this this arising, but with that one, it gets increasing a sense of it's not myself, it's not me. Um, why? Why identify with it? Even the visual shape that you see in front of your eyes, when you see in a mirror, you can't see your own face. You can't see the back of your body. You only see a very limited perspective. And who's that? sense of detachment and what does start the gripping right, feeling it feels painful, that's me, I'm getting hurt <laughs> that's pleasant, that's me, I want more of that happy feeling feeling but again, if you come to physical feeling this is the easy one it's not pleasant, it's easy physical feeling in your back, what happened to your face? It's gone. It's just that pain in your back at a particular time. Yeah? I mean, you realize your chitta bonds very strongly to feeling. Physical feeling. You've got a thorn in your thumb. The rest of your hand disappears. It's just your thumb screaming, throbbing. <laughs> yeah. Kidneys gone, chest gone, back gone, knees gone. At that time, you say you chitta primarily very bonded to feeling, but feeling comes and goes, changes. What happens when the pain throbs or disappears, and suddenly, ah, chitta moves and feels pleased, comfortable, until the next bout of unpleasant feeling. Can you say, let there be none? Not going to happen, is it? Even more strong, mental feeling. Mental feeling is the strongest one because happening all the time. Things I dislike, things I don't agree with, things I feel displeased by, things I can see, hear, touch, taste, remember that I like or dislike. Painful memories. Chitta sticks them, stuck in them, fighting with painful feel, mental feeling, emotions. Can you? Can there be none? Can you fight and get rid of it? Can you blame it on somebody else? Yes, that's a good idea. Blame it on somebody else. Does that make it go away? (laughs) Blame it on yourself. Does that do anything? No, it's just a reaction, isn't it? So after one, one gets okay, unpleasant mental feeling. What do we do? We can't open to it. Contemplate it. This is just energy moving, shifting. Uh, and what's my response to that? Yeah. Detachment, uh, dispassion, and you know, practicing with it. It changes, and you realize that when your chitta goes into it, it becomes overwhelming. 
you go into a painful memory and it becomes floods. If you pull out of, out of it, acknowledge the feeling, put aside the perception, because the feeling is created by a perception, a meaning. She offended me. He let me down. I didn't do well enough. I let her down. He insulted me. I wish he was here. He's passed away. I'm so sad. That's a perception. A painful feeling arising on a perception. Can there be no perception? And you just realize this is happening. This is the... What's called mind consciousness. That's how it operates. <coughs> and when these perceptions land, painful, unpleasant perceptions, or perceptions give rise to unpleasant feeling, what occurs? You get a shimmer. Oh no, dear. Oh, 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 oh. activations, sankaras. It's his fault. It's, I should have done this. It's my fault. Why do they do that? It's really terrible. Activations start going on. Mind gets very busy. Stirring. Does it do any anything useful? It stirs everything up. Activations, reactions start occurring. Uh, you can, are they yours? Can there be none? Can you say no reaction? Can you practice with that? You've got a little bit of possibility to turn it. And this is this is your breakthrough point. Perceptions are new, innumerable. Uh, what really brings them alive and perpetuates them are these sankaras activations. Is it possible to just instead of activation to get rid of, to project it, to blame, to regret, and so on, or to indulge and fantasize around the pleasant ones, just the, this is a pain, this is unpleasant perception, painful perception, happy perception. And link, just holding, and then letting it change and move. And this definitely is, is a major element, a uh, major theme of practice. Because you know, even though this stuff seems so solid and real and poignant and, and so much me and mine, my, my memories, my, my painful memories and my happy fantasies seem so much me, I just pause on the sense of perception that was terrible. And instead of the reaction, painful perception. It's not telling, it's true, isn't it? There's a painful perception. Pain. Where is the pain occurring? In the citta. Going to that painful place and opening, calming, steadying. Painful feeling. And if we keep opening the citta, the painful feeling is an energy that can move through. Oh, end of that. I can, now I can remember that event when I did that stupid thing. I can remember it, definitely not forgotten it. I can remember it, but instead of it haunting me, I think, yep, that was a stupid thing to do. Don't, let's not do that again. Oh, Learn something and the reactions are finished. I've finished. I've, I've ended that piece of karma. Yeah. So then the perception no longer grabs the citta and hounds it, haunts it, chews it, nags it, tears it up. The feeling no longer sets it on fire. And this way, if I remember the sankara, you know, because if it doesn't, what occurs is sankara through this what's called contact. Contact is sankara. Something impacts. 
your thought lands, it impacts, and then this activation starts formulating. That was this, and I should be that, and he did this, and I never did that, and I could have been this way, and I wish I'd done that. And they always thought it starts formulating all kinds of vaji sankara, conceptual formations, emotional formations, regret, agitation, blaming, and so forth. This is all sankara. That there's, there's so from that impact contact, you get this adivajana pasa, which is the naming, the designating, all the narrative starts opening out of that. Mm. Right. That narrative, as we go into it, becomes extremely colorful. Yeah. And uh, it, it becomes extremely colorful, and it actually uh, kind of has a life of its own. And what it does is it establishes your mental consciousness into a particular place. So from sankhara, vijya pachaya sankhara, from unknowing, if we don't know, if we're not clear, the sankhara, vijya pachaya sankhara pachaya vinyana, which means suddenly that sankhara puts your consciousness, your mental consciousness into an unfortunate realm unfortunate context and you think you know I'm a really bad person I do all kinds of stupid things nobody likes me I'm such a fool you know out of one thought (laughs) you created a self this is called becoming and birth (laughs) karma sankara karma karma right mental karma mental activation yeah. creates a realm, a world, which is me and my story of my mother or my father or my whatever. All the details, the pictures, the images are there, and there I am in it. And there I am in it. I'm, I, there's a becoming has formed it into a little pantomime or piece of theater, and I place myself in it as the lead actor in that, in that play. This is called becoming and birth. There you are. You're now reborn in an unfortunate realm. You don't have to wait until you die to to see this. (laughs) It's happening. Unfortunate realm. So yeah, and of course the you know the, the teaching is, well, look, see, see. That's what's happening. What do you think is going to happen when you actually do die? You're just booking a ticket. Because <laughs> if, if those kind of regrets and doubts are still there, flip, there you go. And you, you can believe this or not, but the sense is the dominant sankharas in your life will just float the chitta to, a, to another realm with his un- in an unfortunate place. It's called, um, you know, so again, the Buddha quite clearly says, you know, when one is uh, unskillful kaya sankara, this is this rush of bodily energy which you can feel, unskillful chitta sankara, emotional thrust, unskillful vaji sankara, conceptual tangles, unfortunate ones project you into an unfortunate realm where again the chitta is, is Im- impacted by disagreeable, painful feeling again. (laughs) Unskillful, right? And he says, look, this has been going on for such a long time. The graveyard's been filling up. Haven't you had enough of this by now? (laughs) He's telling the monks, you know. He says, look, can you just imagine... Which is greater, the tears you've wept or the oceans? How, which is greater, the tears you've wept in it through your lifetimes over losses and pains of mother, father, sister, brother, child, hus- wife, husband, so forth? Which is greater, the tears you wept over that or the water in the great oceans? Of course, the monks say, oh, well, surely. <laughs> 
It's the ocean, she says, no. <laughs> the tears you've wept, lifetime after lifetime. Yeah, you know, so you think. It's a, can you prove it? No, but how, how many tears have you wept? Either literally or metaphorically. How much grief and sorrow and pain have you had? Haven't you had enough? Does it mean we don't acknowledge we've done unskillful things, painful things? Uh, can we learn out of that? Yes, we can. Does it mean we have to keep rehashing it, remembering it, going through the whole thing again, blaming somebody, blaming oneself, blaming him, blaming her? I should have done. It was his fault. Do we have to keep doing that? This is the grip of Sankara. The Tagata dwells on Chitta unrestricted by Sankara, unrestricted by consciousness, by whatever consciousness, mental consciousness throws up. You know, is this too? It's just the arrival of perception and feeling. So, consciousness is the arrival of perception and feeling. Until there's contact, perception and feeling, you're not conscious of anything. You're not conscious of, okay, right? So, once the perception and feeling lands, then you're conscious of it. If you're not, okay? So, you think of your aunt, pop, there you go. You know, the perception, and there she is. The, uh, your, conscious, your consciousness brings your aunt into your mind. Uh, now, if you didn't do that, she wouldn't come into your mind, would she? So to that extent, you wouldn't be conscious of her. Doesn't mean she doesn't exist, but she enters you through contact, perception, feeling. And that's what consciousness does. Yeah. So consciousness takes any kind of form, subtle, and it puts it, translates it into perception and feeling. And that means it seems it enters your citta. Okay? How many things have you seen as you walked up and down here in what Palalai? How many things did you see? Did you see the tiles? Did you see the cars? Did you see the statues? Uh, did you see the plants? Did you see the devotees? Well, which did you see? Yeah. Uh, did you see the sky? Did you see the birds? Yeah. Probably we'd all have a slightly different picture at any particular moment. You say, is Palalai, is it the statue? No, it's, it's more than that. What is it? Is it, the, is it the paving? No, it's not the paving. Is it the railings? No, Palalai is not just the railings. Well, which is it? Because when you're seeing the images, you're not seeing the tiles. So consciousness is just placing bits and pieces yeah. that, you make, that you get in contact with. Right? You're probably you're seeing. You probably don't smell it. <laughs> What's what palalai smell like? <laughs> but if you're a dog, you probably know very well what palalai smelled like. And you wouldn't notice the images. You wouldn't even see them. Your eyes might discern colours, but, you know, you're a dog, you'd smell, but you wouldn't see the images. How could you not see the images? They're there. Because if you're a dog, you just see colour. doesn't mean anything. But we see that in the media. Oh, that's, that's a Buddha. That's perception. So our mental consciousness takes hold of the visual thing, translates it into a perception, and you get inspired, or you think, well, that Buddha's really handsome, or a bit weird, or I wish I had one like that. You know, and then it stirs up. So that's what consciousness does, mental consciousness. The visual consciousness, the mental consciousness, and the leader is the mental consciousness. The leader is the mental consciousness. So now we can remember what Palalai. Oh yes, it was like that. 
Ah, oh, yes, he was like that. Right. And, uh, you know, you can check this out with somebody else. You say, what did you, did you see that, that wonderful statue of Lumpur, Lumpur uh, Sort? What? That wonderful statue of Lumpur Dol? Huh, what? I didn't see it. You walk downstairs, you walk right past it. I didn't see it. Because <laughs> there you were looking, uh, going out the door. So, you, did, you know, we probably have very different impressions of what this place is like. What it's about. Those are the, the mind chooses what to give attention to. And it's that which we feel inspired, delighted by, or reminds us of something. That's our world, is that. And it seems absolutely real and true until you compare it with somebody else's world. What? You didn't see that? You like durian? It's terrible stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, see, the world is created through Sankara Vijnana. Sankara, attention, is contact. Right? Why is there contact? Because attention goes there. Why is there attention go there? Because there's intention. I want to see what that's about. Intention, attention, and contact, suddenly, bang. And then the perception enters, and meanings and feelings arise. Right? So, there's your world. How, how fabricated, how real, how solid is this? Very ephemeral, actually. And that's, you know, meanwhile, we didn't feel the floor beneath the feet. We didn't notice the sounds or sights of we didn't have the sense of smell a dog has. What world does a dog live in when it comes into this place? I'm sure it's not ours. Is the dog unconscious? No. So it's kind of relative and to be gripped by that. And of course the main world we of all the worlds we live in, we don't live in one, they keep changing, you notice. But the dominant one is the mental world, with my mem the memories, because that gives us a sense of history. I was that, I am this, I will be that, I could be that, I should have been this, I might be that. So this really gives you a kind of sense of time arises because of the mind, and we're born into a world of me moving through this world. As as my as I'm creating it, birth, aging, death, me moving from birth to death, and you, right? what moves from birth to death? Well, I do. Hmm? But if you <laughs> kind of like come into the, you, you can only have a memory of the past, can't you? Which could be distorted. You recognize so much of the past you don't even remember. How old are you? 30, 40, 50, 60? How, ma how, many, how many moments do you remember that last two decades? The bits that hurt, the bits that were pleasing, the bits that were fun the bits that were distressing. In other words, you, you've got a, your life is a, a, a number of pinpoints of contact impressions. Most of it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So who's that? <laughs> Is that it's really a trajectory of sankara, of contact impressions and feelings and perceptions. Yeah. It's a trajectory of contact impressions, feelings, perceptions, activations, 
stirring. Yeah. So, who's that? And with awareness, we can we can notice all this. The stories of my life, which not there all the time. Most of the time, I don't remember much at all, really. <laughs> I can't remember being one or two or three. If I struggle, I can just get a few fleeting pictures and images and poignant impressions. Who was that? If we look at really what is our most secure, what is not just a fleeting half impression, tilt-tinted with bias and maybe half true or possibly true or a bit of a partial picture or kind of slightly, you know, but fuzzy. What's not that? You know, what is the most solid thing? Well, here. There's a here-ness. That's listening, open, attentive. That's always there. Sometimes I, you know, all kinds of stuff wells up in that. All kinds of memories and hopes and craving and worries and thoughts and so forth well up in it. And yet here, here it is. And these aggregates, these five aggregates are tumbling through that. See space tumbling along through that openness. We call this chitta. We call it chitta. And when it gets stirred, then everything gets very lively. Everything comes alive. The colors, the emotions, the activations kick in. And when it's cool, they drift by like ghosts in a dream. Who is that? I don't know. It's not my business. <laughs> Unrestricted by the five aggregates. Unrestricted aging, sickness. Unrestricted by death. Unrestricted by dukkha. That feeling of never enough, never enough, shifting, uncomfortable, not quite full yet, not quite complete yet, never quite there yet, could be better than I am right now, wish I wasn't this way. Yeah. That groaning, <laughs> that, that pushing, make me better, make me different, make me another way. Dukkha. There it is. There it is. Same for me. Same for you. Uh, I go into personal realm. If only I'd been. If only I hadn't done. When will I ever get to be? Yeah. My life is coming to to an end. When will I ever have finally done the perfect thing, had the great moment, finally got everything I did, was felt really that was the best I could ever do. How many of it is just, well, it's okay, but it could be better. Not this, not good enough. <laughs> Situation I'm living in is okay, but it's not great. Could be good enough. Body is, it's okay, you know, but it, it's kind of got some, definitely some defects in it. Yeah. Yeah. Mind, ah, it's not too bad, but I forget things, get confused, yeah, make mistakes, slip of the tongue, fumbling around, getting lost. Yeah. All right. It's not so bad, but put me in an airport, I just don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing, trying to figure things out, what's a visa, what's a boarding pass, what's a ticket, what's a luggage, what's a... <laughs> Confused. 
<laughs> Can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> when will I ever get it together? I say, never. <laughs> but it doesn't get me down. You know, because once we get that little, that dukkha is like an itch, isn't it? You want to scratch it. And then you're trying to get yourself perfect. And you scratch the itch to make yourself perfect. Everybody loves me. I'm wonderful. Everybody understands exactly what I'm saying. I just said the most perfect, clear, wonderful thing. Everybody immediately got it. It's great, fantastic. Hey, applause, concert. You know, encore, devatars are clapping their hands, fantastic. <laughs> or is it just, what's he talking about? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, okay. <laughs> but it doesn't get me down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because this is the microcosm. And you look around, you see the world of people doing stupid things, blowing each other up, polluting the planet, on fire with greed and corruption, hatred, jealousy, fear. Jeez, what a mess, you know. But my heart feels okay. You know, I'll do what I can, but this is unfortunate realm. So this sense, this uh, doesn't, you know, doesn't mean it, that I don't know it. I don't know dukkha. I know plenty of it. Everybody I meet, pretty soon I know their dukkha. <laughs> they tell me about it. It's pretty obvious. It's not that I don't know dukkha, I don't I know it. And so my body is breaking up. Yeah. So I, I know it, but it doesn't it can't be any other way because this is the conditioned realm. That which is born and conditioned is is unsatisfactory. But the difference is that dukkha is a characteristic, it just means that things are kind of tendency to break down, you know, they're not classically perfect and they're, they're never fulfilled, they're always never quite completed yet. That's the characteristic. Dukkha is a noble truth, means you attach to that. Yeah. So there's difference. And see, so an awakened one doesn't have dukkha as, as pain and suffering. But they see, yeah, there's plenty of dukkha around. Therefore, they have compassion rather than depression. <laughs> and panic, they have compassion. And it's limitless. Because you're with that, the Tathagata spent his whole waking life until his moment of death trying to serve beings. Some of them didn't understand, some deeply disliked him. Some of them tried to kill him. Kept going. The Tathagata dwells with unrestricted citta. Means their intentions are no longer dodging blame. Their intentions are no longer trying to be the winner. The Sankaras are no longer desperately looking for the sweet spot. The Buddha died, you know, miserable colic and dysentery under a tree. <laughs> yeah. Having eaten poisoned food under a stinking tree in India. You know, dysentery and colic. Nothing glamorous or, you know, Beautiful about that, but didn't didn't bother him. He said, "How can it be that that which is born doesn't die? This is what it's doing." Now, ask me if you've got any questions <laughs> before it goes. The world targeted dwells with unrestricted citta.
unrestricted by suffering and death. So, do you think this is, I think to me this is um, extremely um, interesting, inspiring, urging. Since all of us will come to that, there's time when the, the discomfort, the body breaks down, discomfort, we're blamed, we're accused of something, we're victimized or whatever. Hopefully we don't get, but it's quite quite possible. At least misunderstood or left out or ignored or humiliated. Uh, And we'll see people we love pass away. And we feel that helplessness of seeing loved ones pass and we can't do anything about it. And then your own body. One day they'll say, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do. So that sense of absolutely knowing these things. But the sankara places consciousness in that doesn't have to do that the sankara, the activation the help, worry, struggle my fault, your fault, don't be this don't be that, try this, that how do they, you know that the settling what can I do what is possible steady the citta purify the citta don't let it get sent to some hell realm. How do you purify the citta? How do you steady it? Well, we've been talking about this. Yeah. So, let it ride on breathing in and out while this life lasts. Let it abide in loving kindness while this possibility is there when we, that we can have some decisive say. We can't have decisive say over birth, aging and death, but we can have some decisive say that now, while life lasts, my jitta will open, free from aversion, free from callousness, insensitivity, free from jealousy, free from doubt. I can and breathe in and breathe out and get the jitter to steady itself on that. And so this is give us, you know, and as you know, as you cultivate like that, for sure, what comes up, the perceptions come up, the feelings come up, the physical feelings, the mental perceptions. How long is this going for? I don't understand this. What did I do, you know? What about when I go home? Perceptions come up, sankharas. I thought you should be doing this, should be doing that, not doing this, no, no. And that's um, what you want need to, to be with and steady it. You know, when I first got interested in meditation. They say, oh, just, uh, you know, you go to your, go to your kuti, you can just sit there and just be with your breathing in, breathing out. That's what you need to know. It's difficult to do. Be with the breathing in, breathing out. Mm-hmm. And of course, all the mental stuff, you know, just about got it, and then the, the monastery is a loudspeaker. Celebration. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> what's going on here? And then uh, you know, you just don't don't concern yourself with it. Just breathing. When you don't concern yourself with this blaring sound going on, okay. And then, so, so just do some walking. Walking mosquitoes. Ding 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 ding. Oh, 
oh, don't bother with them, don't worry about the mosquitoes. Well, yeah, mosquitoes, you know. <laughs> Just stay with the breath, stay with walking up and down. So then, you know, I said, okay, well, we'll sort of, you know, you, you can become a monk, you can become a bhikkhu. So, okay, what do you do that for? Well, it's, it's, very, it's very skillful, very meritorious. Well, I'll have a go. Okay, so now you're a bhikkhu, this means you go to this place as a dana, so you go out and go to some ceremony. And try and do breathing in and breathing. Oh, just, just go with the ceremony, it's fine. Okay, sitting there, feeling hot, ceremony, bleh, people doing this, doing that, and the other people running around, totally stirred up and agitated. Okay. And then we're going to go to, we're going to, go to a, a Sangha meeting where we'll discuss Sangha business, building, who's going to build what, which monks are coming, which comes are going, whose chores is it, who's cleaning it, what, and this, that, and the other. I thought I'd just come here to breathe in and breathe out. <laughs> 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 oh, this is Sangha duties, you know, just practice with a mind of, you know, just stay with it. <laughs> you know, and, then, and so on and so on and so on. So I think, life gets in the way. You know, everybody's life think, you know, gets in the way, doesn't it? So you may think, oh, being a monk must be great. You don't have household duties. You just sit there breathing in, breathing out. Nobody bothers you. Well, you know. <laughs> so what do you do? You just go to the feeling, the perception. Oh, I don't want this. I didn't come here to this. I don't like that. I don't understand this. What's the point of that? It's not my concern. Why should I have to think about this? Sankaras. You want to go to hell or not? <laughs> no, I don't want to go to hell. Then just let, let, let the sounds, let the ideas just move through, open your mind. Okay. Here it is, you know. And then so, you, you know so you're trying to grab mindfulness of breathing as some me and mine that I've got all the time and nobody's going to ever bother me. Nothing will ever happen to make me lose it. I've got it. Now I've got my Anapanasati and I've got it and it's mine. I'm good at it. And I've got it perfect. Now I'm going to be a Sotapanna and then next week I'm going to be an Nagami and eventually I'll be an Arahant. It's so exciting to get my little breathing together, you know. Kind of like you're cramped and clinging and then somebody drops a pot nearby. You clash. Ah, oh, you just ruined my Sotapanna. <laughs> I've got to start all over again. <laughs> you know, so the mind wants to contract, doesn't it? We call it concentrating. It's actually just grasping, <laughs> concentrating. You're mindful, you go, this is perception, this is feeling. Yeah. And then you, you realize breathing is perception and feeling. Right? Breathing is perception and feeling. Right? Breathing is sankara, breathing is kaya sankara, the bodily activations. Those qualities of happiness or defilements or hindrances, these are all jitta sankaras. Okay, so you, you, you kind of enter dhamma through that, and you see it's happening all around me, internally, externally. Everything is operating in terms of this, these sankara aggregates. Yeah. Is there anywhere it's not happening? No action, or just the pleasant ones, not for long. What's the way out? Non-attachment. Non-dispassion. Non-reaction. Cessation. Relinquishment. Yes. Yeah. This is not me, this is not mine. There's no progress, there's no decline. There's no coming somewhere, there's no going somewhere. Right now it's just this, relinquishing the attachments. Mm. And this is, uh, then, that's pretty secure. That's pretty safe, pretty secure. So, while we have the occasion, of course, 
when we have the occasion, possibility just to use this breathing to steady the, the jangling of the nerves and the agitation in the body, just to get the chitta to release its, its thinking and its busyness and its weight. This weight of self that it carries, this heavy self that it carries, with its needs and its wishes and its problems. Who is that? <laughs> uh, um, so, then sankharas, perceptions, feelings. You have them, I have them, but they don't have to get you down. Steady yourself, pay attention, soften, widen, release. And we begin to recognize some of these, uh, what was foundations of the idea of time is a sankara. The idea of the future is an idea. We hope, we think we're moving to the future. No, conditions change, conditions are changing. We think we lived in the past, that's a memory. Conditions are changing, you can't remember most of it even. Most of it's gone. <laughs> yeah. You stop looking in the past and the future. Get out of the habit. Dwell steadily in the present. If you dwell steadily in the present, what will be the case is that the most clear, composed, wise, mind states will arise that will be your guide for whatever comes next. Mm. Because when there's skillful kaya sankara, skillful citta sankara, skillful vajji sankara, then you arise in a fortunate realm. Unfortunate experiences happen to you. Yeah. And when you release from those, you don't have to arise in the world. So let's take some time for direct practice.